Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the word-giving, insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now, on to today's message. Go through different books of the Bible. We love to go through them by chapter by chapter and verse by verse. Why? Because this helps us understand the Bible in its true context. So, what we're doing today is we're going to take a look, we're going to go a little bit deeper into 2 Timothy. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to remember that when you read the New Testament, you're actually reading letters that were written from one person to another. So, when you read the New Testament, just keep that in mind. Now, we also love celebrating baptisms with those who've decided to take their next step with Jesus and get water baptized. I want to congratulate each one of you for making one of the biggest decisions in your life. It's a day of celebration. Now, uh, we have this thing called a baptism bag. Tiffany, if you would, bring it up to me. We call it a no excuse bag. Everyone repeat that after me. No excuse bag. No excuse bag. Alright, now, this is what the no excuse bag looks like. Now, in this bag are clothes, everything that you need to be water baptized. Because here's the truth of the matter. If you are a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life, you have no excuse if you have not been baptized. Why? Because it's the first command that Jesus gives to his followers. You get saved, you ask Jesus into your heart and life, and then immediately, as soon as you can, you get water baptized. So, if you haven't done that yet, if you've given your life to Christ, but you haven't been baptized... No excuse. We got everything you need in that bag. You have an opportunity to come up at the end of service to get baptized. Okay, and what an amazing uh, time of celebration that is. When you show Jesus how much you love him by following his command for your life. By getting water baptized. Now, what I want to talk to you today about is... Uh, I want to talk to you about this book that we've been in. It's a 2,000-year-old book that the Apostle Paul has written to his protege, Timothy. So we're going to take a look at that, and we're going to delve deeper into that. I want to open up today with a story. There's a captain of the ship, and he's looking into the dark of the night. And immediately, he sees these fading lights. So he immediately asks his signalman, send out this message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Immediately there was a message that came back. It said, alter your course 10 degrees north. Now the captain, he was angered because his command was ignored. So he sent out another message. He said, alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Promptly there was a return message. And it said, alter your course 10 degrees north, I am Seaman 3rd Class Jones. The captain told a signal man, he said, send out another message. He knew that this message would just invoke fear. He said, alter your course 10 degrees south, I am a battleship. Immediately there is a return response. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north, I am a lighthouse. You see, sometimes 
We're just like the captain. We shout back at God commanded him to change. Just like the captain did. Now sometimes we read, God's, we read God's word and we hear God tell us something. Or we feel like, hey, there's a habit, an action, or a lifestyle that we know we need to change. But we shout back at our conscience internally. And when we shout back at our conscience internally, you know what we're doing? We're actually shouting back at God, telling him, no, we don't want to do it your way like you're commanding us. We want to do it our way like what our preference is. So, we're looking at 2 Timothy. And here's an overview of the book of 2 Timothy. You've got, uh, 2 Timothy is a 2,000 year old letter written from the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Now, let's keep this in mind. Timothy, he was battling fear internally. Timothy was a very, very timid man. Timothy was battling against false teachers of his time. He was battling against false teachings. And listen, he's a timid young pastor. He's pastoring a church in Ephesus, right? It's the largest gathering of Christian believers in the first century. So, Timothy is leading this church. He's battling all his fears, all these false teachings. And the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him on how to deal with all these issues. So Paul is encouraging his protege Timothy to stand firm, but not only stand firm, but to understand why false teachers and false teachings are successful. Now think about it. Why are false teachings, why are false teachers successful? Think about that just for a couple seconds. Here's the answer. I'm glad you asked me because I came prepared with one. Because their teaching, false teachings, lean towards us being able to fulfill our own desires, right? But true biblical teachings teach us to follow God's desires. Now, let's take a look at how Paul breaks it down for Timothy. We're going to find uh, this in 2 Timothy verses 4, uh, or chapter 4 verses 1 through 5. So let's start in verse 1. It says, I solemnly urge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. Everyone say good teaching. Good teaching. Oh, you're sounding good out there. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. Everyone say their own desires. And will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth. Everyone say reject the truth. And chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Oh, that sounds so good. I, I, let me just read that passage of scripture over. Don't be afraid for suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and faithfully carry out the ministry God has given you. You see that... 
Paul says that people will be drawn towards teachings that cause them to reject the truth and to follow their own desires. So today, here is what I want us to take away from this message. Okay, today I want to share with you what I call the big idea. Okay, in the big idea is what I call a truth nugget. Okay, a gold nugget of truth that you're going to get today at Thrive Church, Richmond City Campus, okay, from the Word of God. And I, man, my heart's desire is that you store it in your brain, store it in your heart, and that you would think about this and live this out, and you will apply this every day of your life. So if you get one thing from today's message, it's today's big idea. And today's big idea is we must make our desires become his desires. That sounded so good. Let me say that one more time. We must make our desires become his desires. Now, this is the essence of Christianity. It is literally, Christianity is literally laying down our own desires to follow his desires. So, when we follow Christ as Christ has created us to follow him, we lay down our desires in order to have him mold us and shape us in the desire that he has created us to live in. Now, let me just say this. In order for us to lay down our desires, can I be honest? It goes against total nature, human nature. It goes completely opposite to our human nature. What we need to do is to lay down our desires to follow his desires. You know what we need to do? We need to daily surrender our life to God. We need to daily submit our life to God. We need to daily yield ourselves to God. And you know what? Can I be honest? Those words are scary, right? Surrender, submit, and yield. That goes totally against human nature. But in the kingdom, if we put our spiritual goggles on, our spiritual eyeglasses on, it is, those words are magnificent. Those are the words that if we submit to God, if we submit to uh, Jesus, surrender our life to Jesus, if we yield to the Holy Spirit, that is how God brings us into his perfect divine plan that he has for our life. And let me just say this, there's no greater life to live when we live in the supernatural no greater life. Let me just say this. Listen to this quote. Ravi Zacharias said this when quoting G.K. Chesterton. Any pleasure that takes our focus off of God and derails us from our purpose in Christ is an illegitimate pleasure. Let me read that one more time. This is, this is pretty deep here. Any pleasure that takes our focus off of God and derails us from our purpose in Christ is an illegitimate pleasure. Pleasure. Now, God wants us to experience pleasure. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me say that one more time. God wants us to experience pleasure. How do we know that? Well, you know what? The Bible says that at his right hand are pleasures evermore. Think about this. We have natural pleasures in life. We have supernatural pleasures that God gives to us. Let me just say this. The natural pleasures in life compare nothing. Nothing to the supernatural pleasures that God wants to give to us. But the key is this when speaking about desire and pleasure. Are y'all ready? Here are the questions we need to ask. Is it God sanctioned? Is the desires and the pleasures that we want in our life, is it God sanctioned? Is it his desire for us? Is it his will for us? When we answer yes to all these questions, it changes the game for us. 
Now, if we fail to grasp this big idea and end up, and end up following our own desires throughout life, you know what this means? It means that we will miss out on the joy of being used by God. May I be completely transparent with you? Before I came to Christ, I was a man that was as far away from God as a person could be. I committed every sin in the book other than killing a human being. I lived my life of sin. I chased the things of the world. My lifestyle was live fast, die young. And I was literally a breath away from death. Living that life, that life of sin, I won't lie to you. It was, it was fun for a season. Then it turned. Then it turned and almost cost me my life. One breath from death. And that lifestyle that the world teaches. I was so successful at living that life. And I thought that's what was going to bring me joy. I thought that's what was going to give me success. Then one day when I was strung out on drugs in Las Vegas... I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and my life. I stand before you today and I testify as a witness. I don't brag about my old lifestyle. I use it as a testimony to share with you. That there is no greater joy than being used by God. No greater joy than being used by God. When we submit to our Father in heaven. When we surrender to Jesus Christ. And when we yield our life to the Holy Spirit to allow Him to give us the joy of being used by Him, it is a love that is supernatural out of this world. Let me tell you something. The joy of the world is no comparison to the joy of serving Christ. I stand before you. I testify. And I always say this when I share this with others. If I had known the love and the unconditional love of Christ and the joy of being used by God to lead other people to Him. Man, if I knew that so much earlier in my life, I wouldn't have made a decision to follow Christ so much sooner. There is no joy like the joy of being used by God and surrendering your life to Christ. Now, after I came to Christ, uh, I started serving Him immediately. And I immediately got saved. I got water baptized. And I went into ministry. And I started serving God from the get-go. But in the very beginning, I was in ministry for selfish reasons. Can I be honest with you? I wanted to make God famous. I wanted to make Jesus more famous. I wanted to lead people who are far away from Christ to Jesus in order to get saved. But more than that, you know what? I was still coming out of my old nature and I went into ministry because I wanted God, I wanted ministry to fill a void in my life. I wanted to be in the spotlight. I wanted to be the number one pastor known around the world. I wanted to be the most popular five foot three, half Asian, half West Virginia pastor that the world ever did know of. Amen. Yeah. I wanted this Korean redneck, this hillbilly. My mom's from South Korea. My father's from West Virginia. Y'all pray for me. Come on now. I didn't know whether to eat rice or square dance or both at the same time. I don't know. I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the spotlight. I put God's second place on the list. I wanted to be in the spotlight. 
And you know what? That's how selfish and self-centered I was even after Christ spared my life with his grace and his mercy. And to tell you the truth, it's something that I still need to work on today to make sure I put God first and not me first. It's not about me being in the spotlight. It's about God and Jesus being in the spotlight. It's about Jesus being famous, not me. I still battle against that. So the takeaway when I was in ministry early in, in my early years that God changed my heart and he said you know what I'm not calling you to be in the spotlight I'm calling you to put me in the spotlight. The takeaway from that is this that God's way is much better than my way. It may not look what I wanted to look like. It may not be like what my desire was. But the outcome has been so, so much better. And I'm so thankful where God has me here today at Thrive Church Richmond City Campus. I'm so thankful to be able to serve each and every one of you where he has me today. So today we are celebrating Baptoberfest. Now, this is, a, this is what I'd like. I want not only those getting baptized today to take this message to heart, but everyone to be fully leaned in Why? Because God's way is better. God's desires for you are better. And God's will for your life are so much better than your mind can ever comprehend. So how do we faithfully follow his desires instead of our own desires? That's a question. How do we choose his way over our own way? How do we in tough times choose his will? This is one way. It's a very simple way. Very simple, but it is very hard to apply. We daily surrender to the Lord. That's how we win the battle. We daily surrender to the Lord. This is how we fight against following our own desires versus following His. Now, listen to this. The word surrender actually means to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent. So when we follow our own desires, we actually treat God like an enemy to be opposed. In Luke 22, 42, it says, Jesus, the night before his crucifixion. Hey, everyone, this is the night before his crucifixion. Jesus was going to give his life. And he was going to die on the cross for our sins. This is the night before the crucifixion. He prayed all night in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked the Father to let this cup pass from him. He begged God to not let him go through this. Finally, Jesus pauses and says, Nevertheless, not my will, not my desire, but your will, Father, be done. You know what? Jesus even had a time where he had to surrender to the Father. Jesus even had a point where he had to lay down his desires for God's desires. The truth is that you and I, we will have to make choices I am going to do either what makes me good and happy or I'm going to choose what God's will is for my life. Now, listen to what Jesus said in this amazing scripture, Luke 9.23. Everyone say Luke 9.23. Listen to this. This is Jesus. Then he said to the crowds, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. 
The mark of a, Christ, a true Christ follower is daily surrendering to the Lord. To lay down our desires daily. To daily take up our cross. And they daily choose God's way over our own way. Jesus said, if anyone daily take up your cross. Now, can I be honest with you? The cross hurts. If you pick up your cross daily and you follow Christ, I'm not going to sit up here and say, you know what? It's going to be all fun and games. It's going to be easy. God's going to bless you with a tremendous life. Yes, he will. But is it going to be all a cakewalk? No. It's going to be trials. It's going to be challenges. Anything in life that is good, that we're committed to, we have to lay down our desires in order to have success in that area. Now we are in a generation that chooses to use that term Christian and Christ follower loosely. We don't, as believers, listen to this. It's kind of crazy, but it's true. We don't, as believers, look to the word of God for what is right and what is wrong. Followers of Christ, we should look to God first. You know what we look to? We look to celebrities for the answers. We look to TV shows for the answers. We look to politicians for the answers. We know we're not getting answers there. Come on now. We look, we look to Supreme Court rulings for the answers. Now, I get approached about hot topic issues all the time. And what I'm getting ready to say now is, this isn't popular at all. That's why I'm called to preach this today and share it with you. I get called, uh, I get called, I get emails, I get people, one-on-one -on -one conversations. They ask me about hot topic issues. And they're like, hey, I know there's this type of person that comes here. Alcoholics, raging alcoholics, who are sinning against God. What are you going to do about that? Let me tell you what we're going to do. I know there's alcoholics that attend Thrive Church Richmond City Campus. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to wrap my arms around you. I'm going to love you with the same unconditional love of Christ that he gives to you. And that's what we're all going to do here at Thrive Church. When I wrap my arms around you, my arms won't be positioned here. They'll be more like this. But that's who God created me to be and how he created me to love. I'll reach for you to get that hug. You better bet that. You better bet that. I know that there are people here who are living together, no intentions on getting married. What are you going to be, what are you going to do about that pastor? You know what we're going to do here? We're going to love on them with the same love that Christ gives. I know that there are people here that are hooked on pornography. You have no intentions on wanting to stop. Some of you do. Some of you don't. You're fully involved in it. What are, you, what are we going to do about that here at Thrive Church? This is what we're going to do. We're going to wrap our arms around you. We're going to love you. And we're going to tell you that God wants the best for you. He gives you his unconditional love. We're going to love you with the love of Christ. I know there's some of you that today you're hooked on a harmful substance. It's killing your body. And even worse, it's killing your soul. What are we going to do? We're going to wrap our arm around you. We're going to love you with the love of Christ. 
Now I know that there's some people in here today, you're part of the LGBT community. What are we going to do? We're going to wrap our arms around you. We're going to love you with the same love of Christ. I know there's couples in here today, I'm going to be for real. They're want an experiment in your marriage in areas that you shouldn't experience involving other people. What are we going to do? We're going to love you with the same unconditional love of Christ. I have people come up to me all the time ask me about these hot topic issues. What about those who are homosexual that are attending Thrive Church, Richmond City Campus, and Chesterfield Campus? What am I going to do? I'm going to wrap my arms around you. I'm going to love you with the same unconditional love of Christ. But listen to me, church. Listen to me very, very, very closely. Here is what I say when I talk to people with one-on-one conversations. I stand with the Word of God. And I stand with the will of God as revealed through His holy and precious Word, the only truth that exists on planet Earth. These aren't issues that I can make a stand on. Either I'm going to choose to obey His Word or I'm going to choose not to obey His Word. The issue isn't what you believe about these questions. The issue is who calls the shots in your life? Who's the shot caller in your life? Are you going to obey his word? Are you going to put your will over his will? Are you going to obey his word, his ways? Are you going to put your preferences and opinion over what God desires for your life? You have a choice. You can ask God to help you change. Or you can ask God for him to change. Those are your two choices. Remember the opening story? God is the lighthouse. He isn't moving. He explains his ways to us in his holy word in the Bible. What you got to do is this. You have got to read this word for yourself. You can't look to celebrities. You can't look to TV shows. You can't look to politicians. You can't look to Supreme Court rulings. What you have to do if you're facing these issues is you have to find out for yourself. You have to dig in God's word and you have to find out what he's telling you. And you have to allow God to give you instruction on how he wants you to live your life. He's the lighthouse. We can yell at God. We can argue with God. We can shout back at God. God isn't going to move. He is trying to help all of us to avoid destruction and get to safety. Why? Because he loves us. He desires us to live the best possible life that he has created us to live. Now, for those of you who have made a decision to follow Christ, this is what Christianity is all about. Laying down our desires to follow his desires. And it's the most magnificent, the most incredible life that we can choose. Now at this time, I'm going to have a time of prayer. If you're a follower of Christ, and you're thinking to yourself, man, I truly love God. I'm a Christ follower, but I'm not, maybe I'm not following him as closely as I should. 
with everyone with their head bowed, eyes closed. Let me ask you this. If you're someone, you're in here today, you're a believer of Jesus, you're a follower of Christ. You're thinking to yourself, you know what? I'll follow him, but I'm not following him. I'm not following his desires like he wants me to. And you have a moment of honesty right now between yourself and God. You're thinking to yourself, I want to make a commitment. I want to recommit my life to Christ. And I want to follow him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my body. I want to give God everything that he wants me to give to him. If that's you, just slip your hand in the air. Yes. Hands all over the place. Yes. Father, I just come to you in the sweet and precious name of Jesus. Father, you know every heart in here. You know every life in here. Father, each person that raised their hand in here today, God, I ask you to reach down, empower them to recommit their life to you. They recommit today to you right now. Empower them to follow you with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind. Empower them to follow you the way you've designed them to follow you. And I thank you, God, for speaking to them. And I thank you for them making commitments. A recommitment to you. And I pray that in your name, Jesus. Everyone, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you're in here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and risen Savior, and you're thinking to yourself, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to start a relationship with God today. Well, how does that work? This is how that works. First, I ask you the question. If you're not 100% sure that you're in a relationship with God today, I want you to do the bravest thing you could ever do in your life, the most important thing you could ever do in your life, and that's to raise your hand in the air saying, man, I'm not in a relationship with God, but today I want to start one. If that's you, just slip your hand in the air. Amen. Amen. If you didn't raise your hand... But inside, you're thinking to yourself, I want to begin a relationship. Just repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And make me brand new. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. For my sins. For raising back to life on the third day I thank you that you're alive hearing my prayer right now and I thank you Jesus for saving my soul Amen so what we're going to do today is we're getting ready to celebrate with those who've decided to take their next step of water baptism so what we're going to do is we're going to prepare for water baptism at this point. And what I'd like you to do, you can stay seated, you can stand. We're going to start to worship the Lord as we go and celebrate water baptisms. You guys can go ahead and do that at this time.